Welcome to Consume Content. Your answer to the question, what should I watch next? For the first episode, I'd like to talk about a show on Netflix called Midnight Mass. And the only way I could really describe it is as a fantastic dark modern fantasy that's it really it's a fantastic dark modern fantasy like it's it's great it, it's great it takes place in this sleepy east coast new england ish town that's far from cut off from the rest of the world it's a sleepy little town that's very you know god-fearing americans and strange things begin to happen it's 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 the it's the pitch line from Courage the Cowardly Dog. Strange things happen in the middle of nowhere. Like and that's exactly what it is. You have a main character who is first of all struggling with a tremendous amount of guilt and depression due to the opening incident of the show uh which is a a DUI that ends in sort of tragic consequences and i'll leave it at that for now uh this podcast generally speaking i believe every episode should be spoiler free but there's so much to this show that if i spoil like a lot of shows you can spoil like a fair bit and still leave like a lot left to the actual viewing of the show that won't ruin anything but this show is very slow burn to a very simple plot you know it's not about the plot if you really think about it it's not anything special that's why i won't tell you what it is but it is a wonderful execution of it and such a deep dive it's not about the plot it is about the character and the sort of dissection of humanity of people and these sort of social norms it's about it's about faith it's about people struggling with faith it's about people relying on faith like the show is about a community's connection to its religion and how that faith is corrupted it's corrupted and I can't even say that their faith is really being taken advantage of because the main quote unquote villain doesn't believe that they are doing anything wrong. And I know it's, that's pretty corny, pretty cheesy, but this character really believes they are saving this community, that they've come to this town to save this, to save these people from all sorts of ills. They think they have brought the answer to all of these people's sufferings and they're not fully aware of the consequences of using this power is that spoiling it too much you have a you have a sleepy town in the middle of nowhere and people are these are normal people suffering from normal everyday things from modern problems you know, home foreclo home foreclosure, uh, people leaving to the town, business slowing down, environmental disasters affecting local business, all sorts of men aging, you know, just disease and disabilities, all sorts of things, normal things that normal people deal with, right? Just life. And, you know, the church is the focal point of this show hence why it's called midnight mass and something sinister begins to grow at the church because a new priest comes and he begins offering miracles and of course these miracles are amazing they're they're all they are the answer to all of these people's problems but 
as time will unfold, there comes a cost. There comes a tremendous cost to these miracles. And I don't want to spoil it. It's fucking amazing. It's fucking great. It's such a simple premise. Like once you, once you watch it, it's just so good. You're like, of course, of course, it's actually like a classic monster movie premise. Not even a classic monster movie premise. There's just classic monster movie in it. It's such it's such a great execution on something so simple. You know? I wouldn't even say there's like twists and turns. It's really just about the delivery. The acting is great. The writing is great. The editing is, is great. It's just a nice, fun, little spooky show to put on and watch at night. I guess that's that's what this is for. Like, if you are craving something just a little spooky, something just a little spooky to put on, maybe watch one or two episodes a night after work, just put it on, see what the characters figure out this, this time, see what they're struggling with, see how the story unfolds. It's good. Not saying it's not bingeable. I definitely binged it in a weekend. It's only a few episodes. It is one second. I'm gonna I'm just gonna look this up right now. I'm just gonna look this up right now. We're going to Netflix right now. I probably I probably should have had it uh pulled up already. Here it is. It's a limited series. There's only one season. It's seven episodes, right? Seven episodes. Each episode is 60, 70 minutes long. And that's it. Um, this is... Oh, it's Emmy nominated. I didn't even know that. It's Emmy, nom Emmy nominated. It's a limited series. Seven episodes. It's great. It's really great. There's no... It's not a show that's going to go on for seven seasons. It, The show was written as if it was going to be a novel. And it's great. It's just fucking great. I really recommend it. Um, the actors in it. Let me look up the, act, the characters. Oh my god, the characters. If I were to just go into the main character really quick. And it's not primarily about one character. Again, it is about this community. And they their mutual struggle to sort of survive and maybe survival is not the right word survival is not the right word because it's it, this is just everyday life for them these people have sort of accepted where they're at in life you know they are there's an aging older generation that they just have to live with you know, they're getting older, business is f s extremely slow. Because of their aging, they, they can't they can't work as fast or as strong as they used to. You know, you have these kids that are, there's so few of these kids because the population is so low on the island that, you know, they sneak out and have fun in their own ways, but they, they dream of just escaping this island that's cut off from the rest of the world that that exists in the middle of nowhere you have you know one woman she had left town young angry formerly she was one of those kids who wanted to escape she did escape and you know she got knocked up and she just you know had to come back to town where you know things were stable and get a job there then you have the main character, the intro, I should call him the introductory, introductory character, because he's not so much the main character as in just the first character you're introduced. He's your, your vehicle. He's from this sleepy town. He left, made it big, got into this car accident. There were consequences. And now he's back in his hometown. And I sort of don't want to spoil anything else from there because he's, he's struggling a lot with his own personal trauma from the event. He caused the DUI and there were tragic consequences as a result of his actions. And he feels a tremendous amount of guilt and 
just depression from it. Not even like just depression. There's an element of anxiety to it, an element of self-hatred. And he really struggles with it. And it takes a lot for him to confront it. And the person who sort of forces him to confront it is the priest who's on the cover of the, you know, he runs, he's the new priest comes into town. The old priest is, is sick and has had to, you know, go to hospice on the mainland and they have a new priest on the Island. And this new priest, he, you know, makes himself known. He's a great guy. He just wants to do his job and help this Island and build his flock. And the main character, Riley Flynn, the guy who's had this DUI, who has this terrible incident, this consequence, uh, he seeks out to help him. He seeks out to help him sort of confront his own inner demons about it because there's no changing it. There's no changing the incident. There's no changing what happened as a result. All he could really do is pick up the pieces and put his life back together. But he won't do it because he's just just stuck. He's just stuck. And there's sort of no hope. And so he's he's just here. He just is there. And that's sort of the position everyone on the island's in. Everyone's in this shitty position where something terrible's happened and they have to live with it. They just, they have to live with it. And either they don't want to or they don't know how to push through. It's just a constant struggle to survive. The mayor and his wife, their child had an accident and is now in a wheelchair. And the medical bills uh, have bankrupt the family. They had to sell their home. They're renting out their own home. They've had to leverage every asset they could to pay for their daughter's care. And they don't express any regret in it, of it, but they do feel that pain, that, that those financial woes as a result of the American healthcare system. And most of the characters are just struggling with this type of problem where they're in this new situation or same situation that they've always been in. And they've just sort of accepted it and they just live there and they exist in it and they don't do anything to get out of it because the, there is no hope to get out of it at all. There's also the town drunk. He is responsible for the mayor's daughter being in a wheelchair. He was all, he's always been a drunk and one day he went out hunting. He took aim at a deer and accidentally shot the mayor's daughter. And now she's in a wheelchair. That's just the long and short of it. But he is same problem. He is just does not want to move away into it. He feels guilt. He feels a tremendous amount of guilt, but he does not express that until later, until someone actually tries to reach out to him about it. Because after that point, he becomes even more of a town pariah. He's not just the drunk anymore. Now he's the drunk who nearly murdered a child, who crippled a child. And so now no one wants to associate with him. Um, am I spoiling now? Because that, that they don't tell you that initially. They don't tell you that initially at the beginning. No, it's, it's not that. It's not that spoilery. But you'll, you'll see he's in the first episode. So you can know that that's what he did. And that's why he's an asshole. That's why he's a dick. Because he doesn't want to talk to anybody about it. He really doesn't. And then you have uh, the sheriff. The sheriff who is not white, not Christian. He is... Uh, a Muslim, Muslim man who brought his son over to the island and he has, he has his own struggles. I won't get into it. Like he has his own reasons for coming to the island and he's the sheriff now. And he is the one non-Christian person on the island, except for his son. 
But even that becomes a problem because then his son wants to become a Christian and then that is his, that is the ordeal he has to deal, his personal ordeal that he has to deal with. And so he's having, he's having to struggle with not his own personal crisis of faith, but his son's crisis of faith, which I, which I believe is an interesting problem, interesting struggle, which again, it's just one of those situations that feel hopeless and you feel lost and you're just stuck and you have no solution in mind. You don't know how to tackle the situation. Every one of these characters is in this situation and they don't know what to do at all. And that's where the new priest comes in. The new priest comes in and he begins to take actions in order to help these people push them through, talk to them about their problems, about how might how they might confront these demons. And he begins to take action because of the the horror element of the show that begins to come and he's brought something with him. In the first episode, I'll just tell you the first episode. I won't tell you what it is. They won't tell you what it is in the first episode. But he brings a trunk with him. Just a big box, big trunk. And he drags it in and you see him drag it in. And there's something in the trunk. Obviously, there's something in the trunk. I won't say what's in the trunk. You got to watch the show to find out what happens, in, what's in the trunk. Because what's in the trunk is what allows him to move things forward. Things begin to change almost like magic in the town. Things change. Things begin to change, and he begins to do things related to what's in the trunk. And it's a slow burn. They don't want to tell you immediately what's going on, and it's 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 better that way. It's better that they don't, you know, shoot shoot. I don't even know what kind of euphemism I'm going to use there, but it's better that they don't show the shark. You know, the old Jaws thing. It's better that they don't show you the shark. And that you just let it ride. The suspense, you let the suspense stay there and you let them build it over time because it's really not about the shark. It's not about what's in the trunk. What's in the trunk is just a vehicle for the characters to begin to experience change. Because so far this island is purgatory. There is no change. There's everyone's stuck in in this situation and they're I've said it before. They have no way of getting out. How much more can I say about this show? It's just great. It's just a great show. I love it. The acting is so well done. Um, I will say there is a lot of... Oh, man. I can't even say that. I can't even say that because even is that spoilerish? Is that spoilerish? I don't know. I can't even say. I won't even watch the show. Watch the show to find out what I'm talking about. Okay, I'm going to say it. A lot of aging makeup in the show. And there's a reason for that. You should watch the show. It's a lot of age, aging up makeup. They age up a lot of people. A few people. And uh, it's just good. It's just a really good show. I don't know. Well, let's look at the, the tags on Netflix here. It says the show is ominous, scary, and understated. I wouldn't say it's scary. Ominous, yes, because they they play up the suspense. Understated, definitely. It's a slow burn. It's all about... You have to pay attention to this show. This is not a background-watching show, which in... You know, the name of the show is Consume Content. This is, you know... I'm going to be broad with it. I'm going to be broad, as in... I'm going to talk about some shows that are perfect to just put on in the background while you do something else. You know, you know, like Great British uh, Bake Off. I don't, I don't keep my eyes on that. I listen. I listen and it's off to the side on maybe a second screen, right? But I don't actively pay attention to it. Midnight Mass, I actively pay attention to. It is about, it is visually a gorgeous show, stylistic. Again, it's about the sleeping town and you need the visual appeal of the show. It's great. 
The visuals of the show are great. They really sell. There's a helicopter. Okay, I have to cut down, cut that area part down. They really sell you on the visuals. I mean, is that, am I overstating that? Maybe I'm overstating the visuals. I just think they did a great job, right? Like, it looks like it's an old dilapid dilapidated island town, a fisherman's town on the East Coast. It's foggy, it's sleepy. It's just a great setting that you don't see all that often, really. And there's just a, t a small parish in a small town full of small town folks. And everybody, they do a good job of just making sure everybody looks like they've lived there for their entire lives. Like they never left. Sometimes it's hard to do that in a TV show. Some, it's, sometimes it's hard to make people look like they've lived there. And it's still a modern town, you know, but it, it's cut off. It's the, the horror getting back to just the tags of the show. Ominous, scary, understated. It is ominous. It's a slow burn. They don't want to give everything away. It is understated because there are so many moments where you have to look at the screen and you're just looking at the actors emote in the slightest of ways. Sometimes in the slightest of ways, it like it really is about just like what's not being said. Can you read between the lines? What's not being said between these two characters? Like, there's one character who's just straight up, you know, in a passive aggressive asshole, a condescending asshole, and everyone knows it. But like you feel it. Like you you hate this person because. Of just how they operate and it's just so under like again understated is the right word because it's understated how these people just live with this person just they have to live with this person in their lives because it's a small town community and this person put them position themselves in a place of power and they just have to deal with this person i'm sure most of us know somebody like that have known somebody in, like this in our own lives and it's probably why this character is a little triggering but it's a great character. The actress who plays this character, phenomenal. Fucking phenomenal. Right? The the father of the parish. The actor who plays him. Fucking great. Love him. I love him. Such a great job. So powerful. The way he can go from... Oh, shit. I should have silenced my phone. I do that now. The way he goes from oh no i had to open my phone in order to silence it and then uh, tiktok opened starting over starting over the actor who plays the priest love him just love it the way he goes from sort of just friendly get to know you guy hey i'm the father of this parish come on back I'd love to see you again how you doing how's your mother did you read that passage no he doesn't even say like did you read that passage he just goes like how you doing how you feeling tell me about your day let's talk let's be friends like he's such a nice personable character and then he does his job as the priest he he goes up to the pulpit if that's what that's called, the the altar. And, you know, he delivers his sermons. And he delivers his sermons with poignancy. I don't think I'm pronouncing that word correctly. They're poignant, is my, is my point. And he is just, you know, really selling. He's really speaking to the group. He's speaking to the group that is his flock. And speaking to them all at once because he knows he can he knows that they are all suffering in a similar way, and the way he can go from just "Hey, I'm your buddy" to "I am your spiritual leader." 
is just great. It's just great because he's a conflicted character. He's struggling. Like that's his his conflict. His conflict is how do I save this town? Not just spiritually, but re- realistically in real life. Like how do I? Because one th- is one thing to fix your attitude about things to be spiritually available to people spiritually you can lead people to solve problems on their own but solving problems on your own even if you manage to motivate them to do it can be so difficult when the obstacles in front of them are so insurmountable and that's what it feels like to a lot of these people a lot of these people are just haunted by their choices, by their mistakes, by their lot in life, by their conditions. And that's what he's, he's fighting life. He's fighting life itself. Just not even life. Life's not the right word. I'm say I say that a lot. I say this isn't the right word because it's not the right word. He is fighting atrophy, the atrophy of all things. That's, and he's found this blessing, what he calls a blessing, and it's in this giant ass trunk he brought with him. And with this thing that I will not describe, he believes he has the answer to all of these people's problems. And that's what he intends to use it to his full advantage in order to help all of these people. Ultimately, that is his goal. There's no evil scheme. There's no there's no evil town mayor. There's no wicked ne'er-do-well. There's no evil laugh. <laughs> there's one character who's an outright asshole. I've already mentioned them before. A pa- com- completely passive-aggressive, condescending asshole. And they're just an asshole with a superiority complex. That is the worst person by far in the entire show. Right? And... Uh, I'll, I don't even, I don't want to spoil anything. I don't want to say anything else, but that's what you need. There's one asshole and they're the, they're the most evil character there is. If they are even evil, they become evil. My cat's here. They become evil, but that's just the way they are. It's not, it's not sinister at first. It doesn't become sinister. That person doesn't become sinister until later. Right. And then everybody else other than that one character is a good, honest person who just wanted what was best for themselves and for others. They, this new story, because of what came in that trunk, what came in that box, things change. And when things change, they become violent. It becomes, it's a drastic change. It's a drastic change that not everyone's comfortable with and the commentary it does on religion at that point once it begins once it becomes once the thing in the box becomes a part of the sermons once it becomes a part of the pitch of religion and faith once it becomes sold as a miracle for all to enjoy then faith becomes that's when the faith is ultimately corrupted And that faith turns people wicked, turns them sinister, and they begin to to turn on people who won't accept the miracle. Sound familiar? And that's when it becomes, that's when it actually becomes like a social horror. And it's so good. So good. It's social horror. Um, because it it is, it's not about, it's not about a thing in a box. It's not about a magical thing that starts because I'll, I'll say monster. If, If you haven't been spoiled over it, right? It's a monster. It's a monster. And I won't say who the monster is or what the monster is or how it comes in the box. I just said it's, it's something inside of a box. And what it does is that 
it's just a vehicle. It's just a MacGuffin. That's all it is. Because ultimately, what's really sinister about the evil that takes place in the show is that these are human beings who are doing things to each other. Horrible, horrible things. They begin to turn on each other because this miracle exists. They don't, they're not even fighting over the miracle. They're for, they're trying to force people to take the miracle against their will. It's like, you will be happy. God damn it. I will save your fucking life. That's the commentary. That's the evil. The, the horror elements of it were, are just a narrative vehicle in which to push that along, to push that forward. So that way we can see these characters change so we can this so we can see who these characters actually are because of course at the beginning of the show every character has this has their persona they have their character have their persona how they live their normal everyday lives and then you know the typical story when presented with power people show you what they're actually like what would you do with power that's my cat i apologize i don't know if you can hear my cat i'm gonna find out later what would you do with power that is the question posed to these characters once they receive the quote-unquote miracle right and they love it so much it's such a blessing they want to share it with people but then they of course, they want everybody to fall in line with their own dogma. And then they push each other to the brink. That obviously creates conflict, and that conflict is the real meat of the story. And that takes place over seven episodes. There are some great, great character moments in this show. The... the, the Both, like pre like there's different phases right there's before the miracles begin there's while the miracles happen and then there's the climax of the evil the ultimate evil that is the consequence of these miracles and in each one of those stages there's just a great great dissection of the human condition and how people talk to each other i'll be right back i'm gonna let my cat out of the room. What else can I say about it? Like, it's... I didn't even know it was Emmy-nominated. I'm really happy it's Emmy-nominated. Honestly, I thought a lot of people missed this. Just because... There's so much content out today, which is why I'm sort of making this podcast. It's I really just want to tell people there's great shit out there to watch. Right. And I need help too. you know, I need help to finding this content um, because there's good shit. And, you know, I don't want to say like we're all out there watching trash right now, because honestly, um, there's some good trash out there. Love me some YouTube binging, binging on TikTok. Love that stuff. But. You know, you got to eat your vegetables, right? And I think a good show or a good movie, a good piece of music, good book, whatever the content may be, can really grow your soul, you know, living vicariously through other characters and other people. And you know what? Like, it could be a reality TV show, right? Like, there could be, there actually could be lessons learned from TikTok, from Real Housewives. I haven't watched Real Housewives, but I'm sure there are lessons in humility and how to be a person or how not to be and how not to be a, a terrible person. Like it's who knows, right? Um, but I think if you really dig deep into it, like a lot of content really has morals, really have moral sort of stories. And there's like, even if it's something like absolutely vapid, um, like all that comes to mind is the Fast and the Furious franchise, like that I gave up after the seventh movie, right? Like, um, I think you know I couldn't watch it after Paul Walker died. Um, I just lost all interest 
for me that was the last for me that was the last movie right and it was even the fast and the furious movies were such an interesting look at evolving narratives at evolving franchises which doesn't really happen all that often right it is a franchise that changed with the times right to me in it changed in order to find more success to find more massive success and just look at the change from fast and furious 4 to fast and furious 5 to fast and furious 6 right that's the real change right there um the first two movies first movie's pretty good you know everyone knows it's a point break knockoff um the second one, second one's kind of corny, you know, it's kind of corny. Um, Tokyo Drift is a coming of age story. Um, I mean, is there anything good I can say about the second one other than Tyrese Gibson? Um, it's just a corny sequel, you know, it's a corny sequel that doesn't have much emotional weight to it. The first one had emotional weight to it because it was, it was about, you know, this guy going undercover and really connect, like, it's the same, it's, it was, it's a knockoff of Donnie Brasco, of Point Break, it's about, you know, trying, it's about this guy going undercover, gangs in New York, the guy going undercover and really gaining respect for the villain in their lives, right, finding out, when well, gangs in New York, he was a villain, and there was while well, there was some respect and some lessons to be learned by Leonardo DiCaprio from Daniel Day Lewis. Daniel Day Lewis was in fact evil as fuck, and but like all of that, right? Is the all of those other properties have a very similar plot? That was the that was the foundation which Fast and Furious was built on. Then you go to Too Fast, Too Furious. It's Jesus Christ! I've gotten it's the first episode. I've already gone into Fast and the Furious. Jesus Christ! And for, because you don't know me, this is a podcast, you don't know me. I talk way too much about the Fast and Furious movies. Way too much. And I'll, I'll get back to Midnight Mass. But this is a tangent, just to talk about how, if you really dig, if you really study what you're watching, you'll find a good reason as to why you're watching it. Because there's a reason why you're watching something. There's a reason why you consume so much of it. And it it's probably filling some sort of gap, some sort of need that you have that you don't even realize you need or a craving you didn't, you don't know that you have, right? So like, I love how silly the Fast and Furious movies are, you know? They're just so silly. They're just so whimsical. Why do I watch them? Why do I love them? It's ridiculous, right? It's ridiculous, but they're ridiculous. They're fun, you know? They have silly endings. Every movie has a happy ending. Maybe that's why I watch it because it, they're comforting. They're comforting because they tell me that everything's going to be okay. That bad things might happen, but things are going to be okay. Right. And that first movie, that, that the whole moral of that first movie is like, there's more than meets the, there's more than meets the eye to labels, to what people are and what labels they have. Vin Diesel plays a criminal. He plays a thief. He's the the ringleader of this gang, uh, of this outfit of thieves and street racers. And B Officer Brian O'Connor is going to take him down. He's going to get in there, go undercover, and he finds out he's a great guy. That he gets along with him really well. Falls in love with the guy's sister. And then by the time things run, he doesn't want to betray him. He doesn't want to leave him in the dust. And he, you know, betrays his his oath to his badge in order to save him. And then the consequences of that are just like he lands in jail. Yada, yada, yada. He has to do it. He has to do it again. Sorry. Don't know if you can hear my neck cracking. And he has to do it again. But now he's got to go after an actual bad guy. So the depth of... The plot of the first movie is completely gone by the second movie, right? But he meets Tyrese Gibson there, so it's great. And then Tokyo Drift is a coming-of-age story. It's a coming-of-age story about, you know, a young kid in a, in a new at a new school having to make new friends. But instead of just like, oh, Tyler went from, he moved from New York to L.A. Wow. Which is, you know, I'm sure a plot to other movies. 
he goes, he's just, he's just a white guy who likes fast cars, moves to Japan. And it's like, what the fuck? This place is crazy. And it's, it's great. It's a great fish out of water story. It's fun. It is a, it's a teen, it's a teen flick is what it is. Tokyo Drift is a teen flick and it was, it was really good for the time it came out. And then, you know, four, just Fast and Furious, I think it was the name. That one was sort of back to the roots. It goes like, we're going to go under, we're going to go undercover. We are going to defeat a bad guy, you know? So in, in a sense, it's the same as two, two Fast, two Furious, but better. It's better done. And it was the return of Vin Diesel. And I'm, I think I've, sp- I've spoken about Fast and Furious for like seven minutes now. Um, I'm getting lost in the weeds with Fast and Furious. I apologize. Let's be- getting back to Midnight Mass. I don't want to ha- co- convince you to watch the Fast and Furious movies because I gave up after seven. So we're just going to go back to Midnight Mass, right? Midnight Mass is great. Watch it. What else am I going to say? What, el- what else am I going to say? It's great. Watch it. But going back to, you know, the whole purpose of this podcast is sort of finding content for you to watch. And then, you know, begin a discussion over what else is, what else is out there, right? What else is out there? What else can we watch that's good, that's entertaining, that's surprisingly and doubtful? Like, I can talk. Obviously, you just heard me talk about Fast and Furious for seven minutes. I hope you were entertained. I hope... You gleam something off of it. I don't know. I don't know. It still might not be your thing, right? But I don't intend every episode to sell you completely on everything, right? Like, I'm going to try to tackle a different genre, a different craving every episode. And you know what? It might not be your thing. But I want you to just, you know, scroll through the list of episodes and see, like, mm, action, adventure, comedy, Mm, what's a good recommendation like in this category right like i'm looking at netflix right now right so you have familiar favorites only on netflix irreverent tv comedies that's sort of movies from the 90s that's sort of how i want to treat every episode of this podcast just like what recommendations can i give you um that's not just a, a fucking thumbnail right like uh men in black three I don't think I can sell anybody on that. Maybe I can. Because, mm, no. No. Hunt for Red October, The Dirty Dozen. Maybe The Dirty Dozen I can sell I can sell you on. You know, The Sandman's out right now as of this recording and uh, came out this weekend. I should give it a watch. Um, Uncharted. Mm. They have Uncharted on Netflix right now. And you know what? It's a popcorn flick. It's a good popcorn flick, right? Maybe I'll make this a category. Let's just like a quick look at like uh, whatever the carousel is on Netflix and given like a one sentence review. Uh, Gray Man, not really worth the watch, right? Not really worth the watch. Uh, Uncharted, I'd watch it. It's funny. You know, it's got Mark Wahlberg, got Tom Holland. It, it's pretty funny. Um, we Can Be Heroes. I don't even know what that's about, honestly. There's so much content that I just and I consume so much of it just consume so much fucking content um but I hope I hope you'll watch Midnight Mass it's such a good show it's such a good show about people about the human condition I mean human condition is such a broad vague term Midnight Mass is about the human condition of atrophy the atrophy that life brings on naturally whether it be an external conflict or an external atrophy and an internal atrophy whether it be your body whether it be your soul whether it be your relationship with other peoples because that's that's another thing i completely forgot the main character the introductory character i should say right because of what happened because of of the consequences of of his dui he has a strained relationship with his family. He has such a difficult time 
speaking to his father. His father has such a difficult time speaking to him that that strain is such a, a and they had there was a strain previous to that where they didn't know how to communicate to begin with throw on the shame and the frustration of, of a DUI on top of that that resulted in tragedy and it becomes even like a disconnect between parent and child becomes a hatred between parent and child and it's such a difficult thing to get over it's such a difficult thing for anybody to really deal with and this show has that it shows you the difficult conversations that need to happen and the great thing about it it's not a brilliant conversation by by any means it's not a profound or like it's not it's not so like Aaron Sorkin didn't write it where like oh there clearly has to be like a victor in the conversation you know like nobody wins the conversation like it is again it goes back to the word understated like the the dad doesn't really know what he's saying but he's trying he's trying the son is does the son try i don't know i don't remember but i know but you can look at him you can see that he he's having a hard time just listening with an open heart it's so good the show is so good i'm personally i'm just so interested in the characters and the struggles they face and how they're going to overcome them and how this quote-unquote miracle intersects with these conflicts in their lives and how the problems are solved sorry i'm playing with a magnet how these problems are solved and ultimately what the cost is what the price is for these miracles right it is it's difficult to talk about because i don't want to spoil anything but i've given you i've essentially given you the lay of the land about the characters and what you need to know about them um did i forget anybody i don't think i forgot any of the major characters i i did no i didn't i mentioned her the pregnant lady. I mentioned the pregnant lady. She, you know, she's probably the strongest of the characters. Just in terms of actual, like, I don't mean like, oh, she's a well-written, strong character. She's, she is. But she's also just like the most resilient character who has the most figured out. Um, and other characters take notice and they begin to um, talk to her about things. And then sort of put things on her shoulders because they, they acknowledge her as being the one who's like capable of helping in these situations it's great it's a great fucking show and i highly recommend it it's on netflix right now but uh, of course you know get it wherever you can get it wherever you can it's great it's just a great show about people struggling and how how their faith is taken advantage of how their sorrow is taken advantage of and the consequences and the price of what they're willing to do in order to get out of purgatory that whole island is purgatory it's great it's a great struggle it's a great story watch it just watch it it's called midnight mass on Netflix. It's seven episodes long. It's an easy binge. That's going to be it for today's episode. It's going to be it. Um, bit of a tangent there in the middle. You know, about 30 so minutes in. Uh, I apologize for the tangent about the Fast and Furious movies. I just love them. I just, I just love them. There's so much fun. I'll, t I'll spend a different episode just talking about Fast, Fast and the Furious franchise. I'll, I'll do that as a separate episode. Maybe I'll just do that next episode. Who knows? We'll find out. But that has been, this has been the first episode of Consume Content with the group chat. As a listener, you've become a member of the group chat. I'm going to try to get to, not try, I am. I'm going to set up either... Uh, I'm going to set up a Discord server 
so that way, you know, people can, you know, come in, make suggestions, make channels. I'm going to make some channels so that way people can talk to each other and message each other and just come up with lists of must watches because that's what this podcast is about. This podcast is about solving the problem of satiating our immense appetite for content because there's never enough. There's never enough. Does that mean there's a problem with this? I don't know. But all I know is I'm always looking for content. I'm always looking for something to watch, something new, because I don't want to watch. I don't want to be stuck in a genre or stuck in an era of films and movies and TVs. I want to keep growing creatively, intellectually, and I need. I want to be exposed to new things, new ideas, and new stories, right? Whatever they may be. Um, I'm going to try hard. Of course, you know, we're going to talk about, you know, we're going to do reviews of the hits of, you know, old favorites, must watches, you know, backlogs of things we should have seen earlier, right? That's going to be every episode. We're going to cover something that should have been watched or needs to be watched or something you should look forward to. Well, maybe I don't know if we're going to do previews, but basically we're, we're going to try to cover as much as possible. And I'm not going to be limited by movies and TVs. We're going to talk about anime, manga, reality TV, everything, anything and everything that we collectively feel may be as vital as necessary to watch, you know? Again, one of the points I was making earlier is like, it's about why are we watching these things? Why do we want like to watch these things? Like, let me open up my YouTube subscriptions, right? Uh, why do I watch painting videos? You know, why do I watch painting videos? Why do I watch, um, and it is, you know, painting tutorials, right? Why do I watch those? I don't paint. I barely paint. I barely make time to paint. Right. Um, but I watch them and they, they're so comforting and they're so relaxing and they put me to sleep and maybe that's why I watch them. Maybe I need a reason to fall asleep. Maybe I need, maybe I use them as a tool to relax, to calm myself, to deprogram, to unplug from the stress of my day. You know, that's just, that's just an example, you know? And I think we, we're going to want to explore those examples every episode, no matter what we're talking about, right? I've talked about Midnight Mass and how it's such just an interesting concept. And, and it's a deep dive into the purgatory of life and how people get stuck in it. And I think it's, I think it's something to look at because it's a reflection on all of our lives. I think it's just something important to to absorb, to, to consume. I think it's good content to consume first and foremost. But like I said, that's the first episode. Thank you for listening. Uh, my name is Joshua. I didn't tell you that at the beginning of the episode, but that's my name. I'll be your host. Thank you for listening.